My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Adi Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to be talking about the biggest fight in women's boxing, a rematch between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Serrano's win over Erica Cruz confirmed a rubber match between the pair, and it has has been confirmed that it will take place in Dublin for the first time in Taylor's professional career. But will it take place at Croke Park, as Eddie Hearn promised, there has been a breakdown in negotiations between Hearn and the Irish authorities about using the 80,000-seater stadium. We're going to be speaking to Gavin Casey of the 4-2 IE about the negotiations and also the significance of Taylor having a homecoming fight in Dublin. We're also going to be talking some UFC. The Mac is back. Conor McGregor's return to the Octagon has been confirmed. He's been lined up as a coach for the new season of The Ultimate Fighter alongside Michael Chandler. Plus, we'll hear from Joe Joyce and look ahead to our live coverage of Adam Aziz versus Santos Reyes this weekend. Busy show as always. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. She is now the undisputed featherweight champion of the world, La Gran Campeon This rematch after one of the best fights we've ever seen on April the 30th in the Garden last year. The rematch between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano is on. May the 20th in Ireland. We just confirmed the coaches for season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter. Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler will go head to head as the coaches of The Ultimate Fighter, Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. Then, at the end of the season, McGregor and Chandler will fight I do not have a date or a location for that, but we will announce it soon. Gareth, let's start with uh, the two undisputed fights on the weekend. Uh, Let's start with Amanda Serrano first. In that war with Erica Cruz, um, I think a couple of judges had it 98-92. I thought it was a lot closer. I almost feel like it's disrespectful to Erica Cruz. I I had it very close, maybe 96-94. I thought it was only maybe a round in it at times. But Serrano does get the win. I mean, it does secure her that big fight again against Katie Taylor. Before we talk about the fight with Taylor, what did you make of Serrano's performance on the weekend? Um, I thought it was uh, woman, I, I want to say workman-like, so I want to say work woman-like. Um, <laughs> she, she did all the right things. She was always ahead in the fight. I agree with you. It was, it was closer than perhaps many of us, including myself, had predicted. I thought Serrano might well get a stoppage in this fight. Mm. Um 
But I think she had it in the bag, in a sense. Maybe overconfidence here against Cruz, who'd only knocked out three of her 15 victims in the ring, and we knew she wasn't a power puncher. But I'll tell you what, when a woman is up for an undisputed title, she is up for it. And Cruz was truly up for it. She was a great foil for Serrano. Um, Serrano's been around a long time now, and I think both yep. her and Katie Taylor probably haven't got that long left, Daddy. Um, but again, she's she's a brilliant professional, and they all have little dips. Cruz was a difficult opponent, but I tell you what, these women, these two stylists, and then more and more of the women will stand in front of each other and just absolutely bang. And I think we saw that with the other undisputed fight on Saturday night as well, which you're going to mention in a minute. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, look, I think me and you have both said, look, let, let's change how we see, or, or maybe we have. I feel like I'm starting to change my mind and, and maybe you as well. In, in terms of it being 10 two-minute rounds, we said, okay, why not make it sort of 10 three-minute rounds or, or 12 twos or even, I dare say, 12 threes. There's something about the 10 twos which, which makes me feel like they can go at the pace that we've seen Serrano and, and Katie Taylor and her fights go at as well that we won't see if it gets to 12 twos or 10 threes, I feel like those two minute rounds, they can have a burst like we don't see in men's boxing. So maybe there's an argument that it stays that way. And I know, look, some championship fights deserve the extra championship rounds, but I do feel like maybe the quality will, will start to lack if it does go the extra, whether it be an extra four minutes or six minutes. I think I'm I'm a 12 twos advocate myself. Yeah. I think okay, that's fair. 10 twos give us plenty of action. I think 12 twos will give us a much more resolution in a fight and maybe a conclusive ending. Um, but I, I mean, we might have had that in both of those fights as well. We might have had a conclusion. Um, uh, but a 10 twos now, I think they're getting to the point where they're evolving. It needs medical science. It needs a, the next report done. The last mm. report that that. F- that created those numbers, 10 twos, was 2013 by the WBC. So we need someone to come forward and do an advancement in the medical science on women's physiology and physicality. Um, and 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 I think I, I really am an advocate that in the next tw- 24 months that we should have 12 twos, certainly for world championship fights, Eddie. Yeah, look, it's something that, that could happen. And you're right, in both of those fights, you're thinking... If there is a couple more rounds, then it's conclusive. It maybe doesn't go to points. Maybe you do get to see more stoppages. And that's something that people have been craving in female boxing that we don't see enough of. Um, before we talk about where it could happen, I think we've got a point to Alicia Baumgardner as well, becoming undisputed, beating uh, Makaled, who, who filled in for Choi, if you like, going down yeah. twice at Makaled, uh, but she braved it out. And in the end, it was very, very close between those two as well. It was the knockdowns that secured Baumgardner the win. Now, I've said we've seen sort of obviously in the last 18 months the rise of female boxing. And I don't think anyone's stock has risen as much as Baumgardner in the last year and a half. Like she's come from nowhere to now become undisputed. The big win over Terry Harper, the big win over Michaela Meyer, a very beautiful woman as well, fantastic boxer. She seems to have everything to become, and she already is, but even more big of a superstar than she's already. Yeah, well, she is. And I want to hear you say one of the men on our show we talk about is beautiful as well tonight. And some of them really are. Um, because we have to give equal praise to, to women and men on our show, as you know. She is very beautiful. Um, but she's all, yeah, just teasing you there. Um, and uh, um, what I like about her, which I didn't like in this contest, and I'll tell you why in a minute, is that she suddenly thinks she's Mike Tyson. Yeah, and I mm, want to see her sure. work a little bit more with the jab, actually work with the jab which she was very effective with against Michaela Meyer and in and out more. Her, her movement's brilliant, but I think there were... Um, she seemed to spring in and attack Mahaled and then move out in this fight. Listen, I think she won the bout. There's no question about yeah. that. But mm-hmm. um, I want to see her... I think she's good enough to stand in range and trade and move in and out. Um, but I was there was something about this performance from her that was disappointing for me because I think Agreed. she thought she was going to knock her out, you know. And and, and Mahaled had gone to a 10 rounds before with Delphine Pursoon, and that should mm. have been a marker for her, in my view. Yeah, she, she's got very right-hand happy. It, it does remind me a bit of, and it's probably a silly comparison, but Javante Davis, who, just, who used to mm. box and now just relies on that one shot just to clean you out. And I feel like... Baumgartner is known as sort of the puncher in the division, one of the punchers in female boxing. And I think she's now got a bit too happy with that tag rather than just boxing. She's a beautiful boxer. 
just box. Um, but look, she's now undisputed and it's going to be big fights for her next as well. I mean, her name has been linked with Serrano and Taylor and the rematch with Michaela Meyer. So there's big money fights for her in 2023. Back to Serrano Taylor. Obviously, look, we saw Taylor get in the ring and all of them had their belts and it felt like there was 100 belts in the ring, right? Two undisputed's going at each other. I do feel, though, that some people don't realise that Serrano is jumping up two weight classes to do this. Yeah, It's something that I don't think is discussed enough. And there is a lot of talk about her coming to Dublin and look, Matchroom have announced it's going to go to Dublin and look, we're going to get Gavin Casey and we're going to get your take on it as well. I mean, Serrano's doing a lot here, I think. She's going up two weight classes. She's willing to go into what essentially is Katie Taylor's backyard. I feel like Serrano deserves a lot more credit than she's been given for taking this rematch. And it looks like she's taking it all on Katie Taylor's terms. Um, <clears throat> well, look, she's not going to say no to it because it's such a big fight and it's mm. going to draw it specialised. That, that fight they had in April last year at Madison Square Garden was a very special <sighs> event. Yeah. Um, uh, Katie Taylor's not going to say no to her because even though someone like Tasha Jonas, who's probably a bigger puncher, is going to bring over the Irish contingent, uh, the Liverpudlian contingent to Ireland, the mm. one thing that Manda Serrano's got is most valuable promotions behind a Jake Paul. And that brings a lot of sway as well, in my view, right now. And you look at the resonance of Jake Paul and Tommy Fury and Jake Paul and KSI and Jake Paul bringing eyes and a, um, and a presence to that event. I think she's the right person. Um, I, I think um, she put a dent in Katie Taylor in the way she fights. She's a brilliant Southpaw stylist, um, a counter-punching stylist, so a Southpaw stylist. So I think she's she's got a great chance in this fight. I really hope this is the fight that they make, that they just go for the balance of 12-2s. I don't think they will because Katie Taylor doesn't like it. But She doesn't want there's it. No she way. doesn't want it. Yeah. Exactly, doesn't want it. There's, there, and there's and no if, way if she wanted Serrano's it, it could happen. No. Yeah, yeah, if if she I, said I yes, it could happen. Her and oh, Clarissa Taylor Shields, both yes, of them come out and say, yep, we want yeah. it. Absolutely. Katie Taylor mm. said, yes, it would happen. Simple as that. Um, no, but, but I'm happy to see those two fight again. We were both live there at that event, and it was an Incredible. extraordinary oh, event man. to be at last April. Honestly, I mean, I've, I've not been to many from a working standpoint, quite a lot as a fan. But from a working standpoint, nothing has beaten that for me. I, 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 that's why there's part of me that I, I get the want to go to Croke Park and I understand that it is a big homecoming and she deserves the homecoming. But as you say, that there was something very, very special about Madison Square Garden uh, last year, April, where half of it is Irish, half of it is Puerto Rican. It's fair, right? It's 50-50. It's it's, it's, no one gets an advantage. And there's something about that. Obviously, I'm a big football fan and I think of the FA Cup final when it's 50-50, it's split, it's neutral ground. And I almost feel like it's a bit unfair. Not like, I get it, I understand the want. And, you know, we'll talk a bit more about it with uh, Gavin Casey. But I, I do feel like, if not Croke Park, then that, that's, it should be nowhere. Get back to Madison Square Garden, if not Croke Park. If you can do Croke Park, fine. If not, though, get back to MSG. Why not? Um, well, I don't fully agree with that because... Um, well, we're going to come to May the 20th. They've announced the date, haven't they? And there's mm. a big discussion around that, obviously. And we're going to yeah. have that later on in the show. Um, if you can't do it, at, I think the, I think they need to move the date, Is in my view. that That's an issue here that we're going to talk about on tonight's show because it conflicts with the Heineken Cup final, doesn't it? It conflicts with, um, I think it's the Heineken Cup final. It certainly conflicts with some big events going on um, in Ireland. Um mm. What I also think is um, there are several stadiums. There's the Aviva Stadium. There's Aviva, Parnell Park. Yeah. There's the Tulla yeah. Stadium. You could do a uh, you could do an outside stadium where you can have perhaps big numbers. But you you O two the the O three arenas nine thousand seats. I've been there for for two Conor McGregor events or three Conor McGregor events where I was working TV, and I've been there for five or six Bellator events. It's a phenomenal arena for sound. The problem is, no, no, it's not to do with that. I, it's to do with you want a big gate and you want to mm. make history. And you want that's what this I said, to that's be what I said. it's not big enough. Yeah, it, it, it's not, but it's also not big enough for the gate because yeah. um, you need, I, I, they may not do 80,000 at Croke Park, but if they do 50 or 60, that's a big enough gate and it will bring bigger numbers to the promotion. Both women deserve, I think, a million dollars, which they've earned before. So 
Um, yeah, it's a big talking point, but I, I, I don't like the way this, this, the discussions around, I don't like the sounds from the Irish. I don't like the sounds from the Irish journalists, uh, the Irish GAA, uh, the, the Croke Park, um, from the Guardi, from the costs of it all. There's a bit mm. of self-entitlement around this. Um, and let's not be, let's not make bones about this. Katie Taylor's been frozen out of Ireland by the Irish authorities because of the Regency Hotel shooting those years ago. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. been frozen out and had to have her career outside Ireland because of events there that they haven't changed within Ireland. Mm. No, you're right. And I'm happy that you've gone to that point. And it does feel like, look, this is arguably one of your biggest sporting heroes of all time. And everyone should be climbing sort of mountains to make sure it happens. And it feels like there's this roadblock being put up where it's like, do you want Katie Taylor to fight there or not? Like, what's going on? Um, is she an icon or not, through. Yeah, is, is she, she an, an icon, icon or not? Exactly. Yeah. And they keep calling her an icon, though, so let's prove it. Mm, no, indeed. What do you make of uh, Mystic Mac, Conor McGregor, saying, look, uh, you know, I'm hearing it's a half a million difference, Eddie. I'll, I'll pay the half a million. Well, he's, he's exactly the kind of figure who's come. He's come up with exactly the right thing this week, which is, listen, I'll get involved and I'll be a co-promoter with you. I'll put up the extra money. You know, they're talking about originally it was 400,000, the orig original agreement with Eddie Hearn to do the arena. Now they're talking about extra guardy, uh, extra security, people to run the arena. And th it's treble the cost now, I understand. And mm. that's not in line with Wembley. It is extra cost. Do they want it there? Do the Irish authorities, do the government, do, do those really who have the knowledge and the power and, and the authority really want to celebrate this woman who, I, I'll be honest with you, should have fought in Ireland in 2014 when she could have fought Minnie Mouse and sold out Croke Park then? Because yeah. Um, yeah. she she was an icon then, and she waited too long. And I think we've ten years since she won Olympic gold. Eleven years since she won Olympic gold. It's too long, Eddie. It's far too long. No, no, it is. Um, honestly, I'm just thinking there. Imagine the the idea of Conor McGregor getting involved, Jake Paul, Katie Taylor, Serrano, Eddie Hearn. I mean, yeah, you want something big in Ireland. I mean, you don't get bigger than Conor McGregor jumping on board with Katie Taylor. Correct. I mean, all we need now was Carl Frampton to say, like, somehow I'll, I'll get involved and do the face-off. Like, it, it literally, it'd be the Irish revolution. And, and that's kind of what we want for the sport. Uh, very quickly, uh, before we go to break, quick word on Joe Joyce. He's going to fight um, Zhang Zhili uh, next. A great opponent. I thought he beat Hergovic um, on the undercard of AJ Usyk. I, I know some will disagree, but I thought he did. So for me, he's fighting a guy coming off a career best win. And that's just has, that just has carnage written all over it. Zhang's style favours Joe Joyce, but regardless, it's going to be like a five-round shootout between these two. I've chatted to Joe twice in the last week, and we're going to hear him tonight, and I'm just calling it four words. It's cool. not it's not chaos in Lagos, three words. I'm going up a word. <laughs> I, I know you patented it. I'm calling this, because of the way these two fight, the bang with Jang. Oi, the words. bang with Zhang. <laughs> <laughs> be careful that Queensbury don't nick that I'm telling you it's a good they one. have the bang, have they taken it already <laughs> no the not quite they Shang. will I love that that's, that's quality <laughs> alright you're listening to Final Extra Old Talk Sport 2 still to come we are going to hear as Gareth said from Joe Joyce after his fight with Zhang Zhili was confirmed for April we'll discuss a, a big title fight in the UFC uh, this weekend as well which is going under the radar no one's talking about it and we're going to discuss the return of Mystic Mac himself Conor McGregor but up next we'll get the latest from Dublin as Eddie Hearn looks to secure a stadium fight for Katie Taylor's homecoming later this year. Can't believe we're saying Katie Taylor will make her debut in Ireland, but on May the 20th, Katie came all the way here to New York last year to fight, and now Amanda is true to her word. She will come to Ireland on May the 20th for the biggest fight of the year, the epic rematch. These two, for the first time, in a four-belt era, two reigning undisputed champions will face off against each other. More than a dream come true. My, my debut in Ireland against um, the, the Amanda Serrano, uh, the real deal Amanda Serrano. Um, this is uh, incredible. And um, as I said, the last fight was epic, and I expect nothing else uh, for the next one. Issue here is about uh, security costs which we felt that the promoter should should carry. The amount of security that you'd need here would be at the top level. Um, and that is not inexpensive. So um, I think maybe there's a worry that they wouldn't quite get the attendance 
and, and also the costs associated with hosting an event at a certain standard that we, you know, we would be very proud that we would hold to um, has got a little bit of jitters. Welcome back to Final Extra. Myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. Uh, we were just talking about Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor or Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano and the hope that she does get a homecoming fight. And it feels weird to say this considering that she's been professional boxing for just under 10 or just over 10 years now. But that's the one for her to get the homecoming fight in Ireland, not just in any stadium, but at Croke Park, 80,000. And a lot of people I speak to, whether it be people based in Ireland, people based all over the world, think that she can get and fill that 80,000. But as we know, in the last sort of 24, 48 hours, there have been a number of roadblocks that have been put up to the point where we now think it might not happen at Croke Park. Let's welcome in uh, Gavin Casey, boxing writer for the 42.ie in Ireland. Gavin, again, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. I guess with you and Gareth, we can hopefully fill some holes for, for listeners of the pod. What is going on at the moment? There does seem to be this standoff between the GAA and Eddie Hearn. What can you tell us? Yeah, so Croke Park is the headquarters, if you like, of the GAA, which is the organization that looks after our native sports in Ireland, which would be uh, Gaelic games, hurling and Gaelic football. A few people in uh, the UK, if they're listening, may have stumbled upon them on Sky Sports a couple of times over the last few years. And I suppose it's important to establish a distinction as well here between the GA and Croke Park because the company with whom Eddie Earn has been talking is Croke Park Limited. So yes, they are adjacent to the GA and heavily involved in the GA, but it's not actually the GA as an association that uh, is negotiating with Matchroom in this instance. It's the company of Croke Park, if you like. So they can mm. essentially set uh, prices, rental costs, etc. And Matru and Eddie Hearn have contended that those prices at the moment are too high. I mean, it, it just wouldn't make business sense to pay them. And as you outlined at the top, Addy, it looks as though Crow Park probably won't happen at this point. And if I jump in there, that, that sorry, Addy, if I jump in there, this May 20 date is the date that the Heineken Cup final is going on as well, which always draws massive interest from Ireland. I hasten to add, and I hate to add, Ireland are the number one rugby team in the world at the moment. They hammered us in Cardiff on Saturday, so I'm I'm kind of carping from that. But um, the one thing that can happen, surely, is that they can move the date of the Katie Taylor fight. That's one thing that could happen, presumably. And it seems to me that Peter McKenna, who's the 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 director of uh, of of the stadium, of, in charge of the stadium, even though these costs seemingly have become prohibitive from maybe 400,000 up to a million odds for Eddie Hearn and Matchroom, they could move the event to September, for goodness sake, or move it to a time when... That's what he seemed to be hinting last week, Gavin, that there's an opening later on in the year to have Katie Taylor there, if I think rightly, if I heard him rightly. Yeah, you're quite correct. I mean, the negotiations and the discussions around coming to Croke Park began last May. It goes back that far to the immediate aftermath of that magnificent night at Madison Square Garden between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. And at that juncture, the preferred time from the GA's perspective or Croke Park's perspective would be to stage it in the autumn. Uh, the reason for that is because the summer is quite a packed schedule for Croke Park because you have uh, national hurling and Gaelic football knockout stage games. We're talking quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, and even a couple before then as well, depending on whether Dublin are involved, etc., so it's just really difficult to find a date in that space of time. The end of May felt like a decent opportunity this time around. You want to strike while the iron is still at least warm, lukewarm probably at this point, uh, where mm -hmm. there's a little bit of momentum still behind the Taylor-Serrano rematch, whereas if you were to push it further on to September, at that point it becomes more than a year since they first fought. Uh, but the... I think a complication on Matchroom's side of this is obviously they're, they're uh, in business with DAZN, and I know DAZN are very keen to get this fight slotted into the first year of their calendar. Obviously, they've issued dates yesterday, Monday, uh, their slate for the next, what, five, six months. And I think it actually might be some, yep. some uh, aspect of accounting that I won't even get into because I won't pretend to understand where they wanted the Taylor's Round of Fight to be taken into account, quite literally, uh, as happening in the first half of 2023. So they've probably lent on Matrim a little bit to try and make sure it gets done by the end of May before you get into to, to June, say, or July. And 
I would say that Crow Park would have been more warm to the idea had the avenue been open to do it in September, as you say, Gareth. Now, of course, still conceivable that you could do it then. I guess because it's been discussed for so long, because you could argue maybe that Taylor would have to fight again in the interim, just the fact that September feels so far away from the moment. At the three arena, maybe. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I wonder might happen, you know? Yeah. And, and like, you know, maybe something like the speed with which tickets are snapped up for the three arena might determine that Hearn and Matt Trum and Brian Peters and whoever else do explore the avenue of Croke Park a little bit further down the line. I would say that a wrinkle in that equation then is the only way Amanda Serrano comes back for Croke Park in September is if she beats Katie Taylor at the three arena, right? So... You don't want to be seen to no, be... But, or they, yeah. they fight someone else at the three arena, both of them. Or yeah. they, they they set up a, a... That's happened before, like a semi-final leading into a final. They're not, not averse to doing things like that. But it's a mess at the moment. Bottom line is it's a mess, isn't it? It feels it. I, I think there were probably some discussions or, or, or tentative uh, brainstorming, a little bit of tentative brainstorming going on to that effect, Gareth. As you say, maybe take somebody else to the three arena in the interim. It's a guaranteed sellout regardless and then look to bring Serrano back in September. I guess just the fact that the Serrano thing is confirmed now, look, nothing is sacred in boxing, not even contracts, but I guess if Serrano, <laughs> if Serrano is on board for it and she's signed for it, et cetera, um, maybe it's difficult to shift that now. And, and that's a, look, that's a question I'd love to ask Eddie and, and the people involved, the stakeholders in this. I think they're going to be doing a press conference in Dublin this week, and, and I'll certainly chat to them about it then. I guess it looks concrete now that it is going to be Serrano in May at the three arena of the 20th of May, by which point, if all goes to plan from Matchroom's side and Taylor's side, the opportunity to bring Serrano to Croke Park will be off the table because Taylor, as an Irish sports fan and as, a say, somebody who was working for Matchroom would hope, is 2-0 and against Serrano. But uh, I would say that no other opponent, uh, no other prospective opponent of Taylor's would actually get near to selling out Croke Park. It's important to stress that. It's just sorry, Adi. Yeah, come on. No, no, it's just flat, isn't it? Like, no, and this is no disrespect to the the free arena. I mean, that that's a, a nine thousand capacity. When when you've been selling people all year on Croke Park, eighty thousand, and then you're going to try and sell them. Okay, no, no, no. We're going to go to a, a nine thousand capacity free arena. I mean, fans are just going to feel like okay. That that's just that, that's a big drop off for what we wanted, especially when you think the first fight was one of the best fights I've ever seen, male or female. And as you said there, Gavin, it was hot then. It was hot and everyone's like, wow. It's now become lukewarm to the point where you're like, eh. You know, and and I feel like the Croke Park thing would have been that buzz of, okay, here we go again. Whether or not she can sell 80,000 is another discussion, but it feels like the free arena and both of them. And by the way, if Katie Taylor were to take another opponent, and I've been watching Katie for a few years now, there's no certainty that Katie Taylor comes through another opponent, whether it be a Chantel Cameron or another name. Like to roll the dice for Katie against someone else, this is the worst time for me to roll the dice with Katie Taylor. Amanda's fine. I think Amanda will get through opponents, but Katie, I'm not convinced about. I, I think I think to, to, to both of you, aiming this at both of you, Tasha Jonas is a really good opponent for her to fight in Ireland as well, in my view, because you will get the travelling Liverpudlians and her travelling fans from the UK. She's never then coming you... down twenty pounds. She's no, never okay, ever. Maybe... Come... She's never right, doing she, that anymore. She may not, but I do think she she could be in the reckoning more so yeah. than a Chantal Cameron. They do look. You said you said it at the top of the show, Eddie, without get, getting into this too much. That Serrano's coming up a, a weight division and a half, basically. Um, to fight Katie. She is a smaller woman. Style matchup is brilliant. It was a great first fight. Something sniffs wrong about this fight right now. I've been around long enough that I'm really surprised they announced May the 20th. I really found the soundings from Peter McKenna odd at the end of last week. Gavin uh, has his doubts, don't you, Gavin, about whether this plays out. We see wrinkles in boxing all the time. And we don't get the right results sometimes because it's not on a schedule. It's down to how much money can you make for Katie? Um, I want to know this from Gavin as well uh, at the end of this. How much of an icon really is Katie? Because I think for, it's 10 years have been wasted to getting her a big fight in Ireland. I know about the Regency, obviously the shootings and how that's affected things. But this is a stagnated process. And, and, and it feels like we're in a stagnant pond now 
in the way it's been announced. Something's not right with this, because I don't think they'll go to the three arena either. Because you're right, Addy, it's the wrong place for an icon if she really is that still in Ireland, Gavin. Yeah, I can get to the, the her iconic status or, or lack thereof, but I suppose just to address the two venues here and what could have happened in between those, right? There is a massive drop-off, as you point out, between the 80,000 capacity Pro Park and the 9,000 capacity Free Arena. We do have other stadiums and venues in the country, naturally enough. Uh, the issue with a lot of those is that because for each of them, the rental fee would have been quite high, Matchroom would need to probably uh, make the, the tickets more expensive than they would have been for Croke Park, in which case you're dicing with danger a little bit in terms of getting the numbers through the doors. And equally, the, the last right. twenty or 30,000 tickets that you might have been able to sell at Croke Park, it, it's, say, 30,000 bigger than the next biggest stadium in the country. Those were always going to be the cream. Those were going to be the tickets that allowed Matchroom to make a profit that might allow the fighters to make uh, even more profit if they had that worked into their contract, the profit-sharing sort of aspect to it. So there, there were sort of like logistical issues there. A lot of the smaller stadiums as well, GAA stadiums, it's not all cedar the way like Premier League stadiums are. Some of the stands are, are terraces, in which case you have to bring in temporary seating. That's an expense, it's a complication, and it reduces the capacity further. To answer your question, Gareth, about how big a, a, an icon Katie Taylor is in Ireland, I would say that she absolutely is an icon to the extent that she's a cultural figure who almost exists outside of sport uh, to a degree. But what I would also say is that people in this country, and probably in other countries as well, can admire somebody from afar without being directly involved or, or directly emotionally invested mm -hmm. in the journey, right? People can wake up on a Sunday night or, excuse me, a Sunday morning, as has been the case for the majority of players, big fights and, and Google... Uh, her fight result, but they might not have necessarily stayed up to watch it live on the zone. I think there's a massive, yeah. almost universal appreciation for Katie Taylor in this country, but that doesn't necessarily equate to 80,000 people showing up for her on a given night. Yeah. And to stress like, her mm. popularity, there's an annual survey taken every year in Ireland and for the last, I think, seven years, definitely six, mm. Katie Taylor has been, usually by a landslide, named as the most popular sports person in the country. So... There is always that respect for her, but people don't necessarily vote with their feet. And in this country, we don't... Like, it, it's important to sort of outline as well. There's 7 million people on the island of Ireland, right? In England, I, I guess it's, it's 10 times that more. I'm not, I'm not sure. but it, You've got that in London. Right, yeah. So it's, it's a lot mm. more... It's a lot easier, to be totally honest, to sell a stadium fight in England because there's just way more people, way more young people... Can I add? And we haven't had a fight at Croke Park for 50 years. It was Alvin Lewis against Muhammad Ali. 50 years ago was the last time there was boxing at Croke Park. Yeah, so that was 1972. <laughs> Muhammad Ali was a pretty big name in Ireland at that stage, by the way. And yeah, exactly. And you know how many people showed up for that fight at Croke Park? About 20,000. 17,000? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 20,000. Well, I, I remember I read the figures, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, half of those guys probably hopped the fence to get in. You know what I mean? So we don't have a, a massive tradition of fight attendance in this country and that's where I think there would have been trepidation on hers behalf where he would have needed guarantees this is why he wanted the government to subsidize elements of the event like policing the way they would with say an All-Ireland Final and Gaelic Games because ultimately if the ticket sales didn't go well and that's not inconceivable he's taking a bath on it and as much as people have this impression of Eddie as being his old boss, which he is, strictly speaking, but, the, you know, this suave multimillionaire, why didn't he just fork out the extra money? He is answerable to investors and things who want to be sure that money being used will almost guarantee returns. And I would say with Crow Park, there was less of a guarantee, obviously, than there would be for a Wembley or a Principality Stadium in your neck of the woods. Gavin, just before we let you go, and look, again, really appreciate you coming on and just clearing a few things up. Hand on heart, do you think it happens? Do you think we get the Croke Park fight with Katie and Amanda? No, <laughs> no. I, I mean that's the simple answer. Nice I don't think you. I don't think we will. Mm -hmm. uh, to be totally honest with you, Addy, I feel as though Croke Park have never been especially besotted with the idea. I don't really know why that is. I, I'd imagine it's something to do with the fact that boxing events in this country have carried a little bit of a stigma since the Regency that uh, Gareth mentioned. It's it's probably an unfair stigma in, in ways because there've been twelve professional boxing shows in Dublin since that, which have gone on without any trouble whatsoever. But it is one for, it's one where the general public who aren't uh, fixated upon boxing, who aren't following it week on week, that will be a defining memory for them of boxing events staged in Dublin, for example. And maybe in some, I don't know, 
almost via osmosis, Procrack have sort of cooled on the idea because it's in the back of the mind that there might be security risks and things like that. Things that I don't really believe exist, you know, at least to the same extent as they would have a few years ago. So I don't know that they've ever been fully invested in it. They don't need it. They don't need the money from it. They did seven concerts last year at their asking price, and there will always be concert promoters who just pay up the way that Eddie Hearn simply won't at the moment. So for their from their side of this equation, they're probably thinking, we just don't need the hassle. We don't want to be haggling with this guy. Uh, we'll probably have seven more concerts this year, and we won't even be thinking about a Katy Terrier fight. So I don't think the appetite is there on their behalf. And it looks as though Eddie Aaron isn't going to stump up the money to bring it there. I, I'm not sure the appetite was fully there on his behalf either. And it may be just one of those things that in the end didn't work out. I don't know if anybody is strictly to blame. It just isn't going to happen. I can, if I can add to that, Eddie, if I can just add to that to add to what Gavin said as well. For the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of warmed up from ma- people at Matchroom, sources at Matchroom, who wouldn't normally tell me these things that, ooh, we may not be into going to Croke Park now because it's more expensive than we thought at the beginning. And when you hear Peter McKenna, the COO or the, or the director of Croke Park, saying things like, look what happened at Wembley in the Baroness Casey uh, report after the, the hooliganism. That was football, by the way. Nothing to do with boxing. It's the same fans. It's the same it's, fans. It's not the same fans. No, football it isn't. Football boxing fans are exactly the same fans. They're, no, they're, they're not the same fans, Daddy. The football they fans are. aren't. No, they're not. They are. And we can discuss this in the next section, if you like. There's a the reason that you're are... Josh Warrenson fans, your Lee Wood fans, they're football fans. They're all the same. I don't 100%. think they behave in the same, quite the same way as the Baroness Casey report into what happened at Wembley with the with, with the twenty. No, maybe not. Maybe not that. I agree. Maybe they're no, more storming games. My point is, my point is that Peter McKenna saying mm, we're distancing ourselves from it a little bit. That that was my point about it anyway. I, I, could I just add to that? Ver, ver, yeah, if I could just add to that very briefly, like. I'll let you guys hash out whether football fans and boxing fans are the same clientele. I think in Ireland they, cer- <laughs> they certainly would be because we don't actually have a massive yeah. boxing massive boxing community. Now, I don't think it was going to be 80,000 football fans uh, attending Katy Terry fight. Also, if it was, I think that would be fine. I mean, I thought it was a bit of a tenuous link that he was making in the sense that we have soccer matches in Dublin all the time. Our national football team play there. There's never any trouble when 50,000 people go to the Aviva Stadium. So, Again, I think a little bit of psychology going on there, trying to create the public perception of the potential of trouble, which to my mind was a little bit far-fetched, but it was just his way, his means of distancing himself from the event, of just planting seeds of doubt in the public. What you have to take into consideration as well is when somebody speaks on behalf of Crow Park in this instance, or somebody who is involved in, in Gaelic games in this country, they're going to be inherently more trustworthy than a boxing promoter is, right? So he won the PR battle by simply not being Eddie Earn of this instance. Mm, no, Gavin, again, dude, thank you so much for coming on. We've got to get you on more often, Gavin. I mean, we can't just get you on to talk controversial stuff. You clearly know your boxing. <laughs> so appreciate you coming on. Gavin Casey there, boxing writer for 42.ie in Ireland. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to chat some UFC massive lightweight title fight this weekend. Plus a certain Conor McGregor, who offered to pay the difference for Katie Taylor will be returning later this year. Next up, though, we are going to hear from the juggernaut Joe Joyce. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I've got um, good underrated footwork and stuff, and I've got great timing. Left hand there, lads from Joyce, and Parker finally goes down. This is what you call a proper slobber knocker. They are having it. Parker has got back to his feet, but he waves it over. I know what he's capable of doing. I know he's strong and so forth, but I was a little bit worried. But I mean, he got that spot on, and his trainer got the tactics absolutely right. They don't want to war with Welcome back, you're listening to the final extra on TalkSport 2, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Joe Joyce will be fighting uh, Zhang Zhili April 15th. Uh, we are going to hear from Joe uh, in a couple of minutes. Gareth A. Davis uh, spoke to him and caught up with the big man, the unbeaten big man as well. A lot of people think top three, top four heavyweight, wanting a world title shot by the end of the year. If he beats Zhang Zhili, Gareth, I mean, there's no stopping him, right? I mean, right now, he almost has become the boogeyman of the heavyweight division. No one really wants to sign up and fight him, and credit to Zhang Zhili for doing so. It's a really tough fight, this, um, for both men. I thought um, uh, Zhili Zhang did beat Flip Hergovic last year yeah. at the um, on the undercard of uh, Alexander Usyk and um, Anthony Joshua too. Um, I thought he was very hard, hard, hard done by by the judges not to win that. Look, he's he's thirty eight, thirty nine. He's a big old lummox. He's a southpaw. Um, he's he's Joe Joyce is. I think you've got to admire him. He's doing what no one else is doing, which is facing everyone. Um, there's no warm ups for him, no tune ups, and it's going to be the bang with Jang. I'm telling you, it's going to Joe and Joe. <laughs> you'll hear it from Joe. He wants to fight the very best. He doesn't want to waste time. And, you know, as he says, the big thing for him is get through this guy. He's got all his eyes on him. He's with Ishmael Salas in Vegas at the moment. And um, I'll let you tee it up. But I caught up with him in Vegas. Yeah, you certainly did. Let's hear uh, from Joe Joyce, who caught up with Gareth A. Davis. This is what he had to say about the Zhang fight. It's a risky fight because he has got a big bang. And uh, and, and especially the fight with Hergovic, it, it, he... I thought he won that fight. It was, you know, he's push. He, he was struggling towards the end, like, he, he, you know, blowing towards the end. But I thought he, he got, uh, you know, I thought he got the victory. He knocked him down early, early on and stuff. And it, I thought Hergovic was lucky to get the victory. So it's yeah, it's a great fight to, because obviously fighting Hergovic in the amateurs is quite, it's quite a good story as well. And uh, what better southpaw than a top twelve southpaw for the, for the next fight? Absolutely. And Adam and I were both there, actually, um, for that fight in, in Saudi Arabia. And we both thought that, I think, I think I'm right in saying that both Adam and I thought that Hergovic, yeah. uh, sorry, Zhang won that fight. Um, yeah. Does that fight with victory, are you told by George Warren, Frank Warren, lead you to face the winner of uh, Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury late in the year? Yeah, so hoping, so while the, the these kind of fights are all taking place around the same time and then, uh, that opens has an opening for a big summer fight. Hopefully, Fury uh, if he beats Usyk. He's improving a lot, by the way, when it comes to media work. But I mean, Joe Joyce right now super confident and rightly so. Right, coming off that, I think career biggest win against Joseph Parker, and now he's following it up with another top ten, top fifteen heavyweight title fight. Sorry, heavyweight fight. Well, look, he's he's got the whole world eating out of his hands. He's got people saying he's got the best chin in the division. Um, he wants to fight everyone. He, he, he's so popular. He's a lovely person. There's a documentary out about his mum, Marvelous Marvel, uh, at mm -hmm. the moment. She, obviously, she's very partially sighted. She's a wonderful woman. Great story. Joe's a brilliant story. Fine artist. As I was haranguing him there, where are the art pieces I keep asking you for? Because I've offered to put on an exhibition for him in a I'll place. Buy some. I need. 
eight to ten pieces of work and I'll buy a couple of them. These are the kind of things he should be doing to promote himself, Addy. He's got an incredible physique, great hands. Um, he's got everything he needs. And as he said then, this is what I want your opinion on. He wants Tyson Fury to beat Alexander Usyk because that's the fight he wants after Jang. What a fight that would offer British fans later wow. in the year. Honestly, wow. And just, it's weird how these big fights come along. Like For, for years, I thought that the big fights would always have to include AJ. Like AJ has to be in these big fights for it to be stadium fights. All of a sudden, the emergence of Joe Joyce and Tyson Fury selling stadiums out. I mean, all of a sudden, there's more than just one big player in this division in the UK. There's, there's loads um, I want to quickly get your take on this, actually. You mentioned here that he's now, obviously, has been with Ishmael Salas for, for quite a while. How many, and maybe this is a big problem with sort of British trainers, and I, maybe you can correct me on this one, but there seems to be so many now UK fighters, top UK fighters as well, wanting to get with trainers abroad. You think of Lawrence O'Coley's just announced Sugar Hill Steward. I'm just what a matchup, by the way. Yeah, great match. No, great matchup. I agree. What a matchup. Buddy McGurk, Callum Smith, Buddy McGurk, uh, Chris Eubank Jr., Roy Jones, AJ, Derek James, Tyson Fury, Sugar Hill Steward, no, Joshua Boazzi, Virgil Hunter. Like, all of our top fighters are thinking there aren't the, the trainers here. We're going abroad. What would you make of that quickly? Um, I think no one's doing the opposite. To... American fighters ain't coming here for trainers. No, that that is very true, actually. That's a very, that's a really valid point. Um. Hmm. But they don't tend to look outside America a lot anyway. But I think, you know, look for, look for a while. Freddie Roach was involved with Amir Khan. There's always... Um, Buddy McGirt's been involved with a few, like Dilly Ma. I just think... I just think that what we need to see is... I think people like change and they like America. They like the idea of going to America um, mm. because there's always been that respect for the old American styles. And I think... yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I like that. I like the matchup of Akoli, Ismail Salas. Love it. Love um, it. No, I like. I like, to, I like all of them to an extent. It's just. Um, it's just when you think of all our top fighters, like I'm talking the very best. All of them seem to have American trainers, and I was like, mm, it's interesting. Like, no one. It's a very good a, a point. British trainer anymore. It's a very good point. It's something I'm going to cogitate on. And mm. I will. If you do write a piece, can you say that? I'll come back to you. Can you, can you tell me in the piece? <laughs> it will. It will be called "From Chaos in Lagos to Why <laughs> yeah. I Move Trainers." Bring <laughs> yeah. on the Americans! Indeed. Uh, big announcement from the zone. Um, obviously, look, AJ will fight Jermaine Franklin. That's now been confirmed. I think there's a press conference on Thursday for it. Um, the big news, I think, is that it won't be on pay per view. Look. And I know people might say maybe it's not a pay-per-view fight, but AJ's a pay-per-view fighter, right? I mean, you see certain fighters in, in America. Javante Davis is now a pay-per-view fighter, won't fight for free. Errol Spence, regardless of who they fight. And I've always felt that AJ was like that. And I, I think this is a great move from the zone. does surprise me. But I think it's a great move. I think it is as well. And I, I would say, listen, this is free to air. You can watch it wherever you want. Sorry I pushed the water feature on here in this apartment with my foot yeah yeah sorry i put my foot on it and the water feature started running it the the um look for me if i was to zone i'd, I'd go a step further i'd say we're going to have it open broadcast and you can um watch this event if you just sign on to the zone what for nothing for this and see him do a spectacular knockout and then get him to buy into the dillian white fight in the summer that's how you do it listen we could debate this point back and forth, but I think he deserves, after 12 world title fights in a row, he deserves a fight with someone who is ranked 30-odd in the world. and deserve It's no gimme this as well, given what Jermaine Franklin did uh, against Dillian White, but I think he knocks him out in five or six rounds, in my view. Yeah, if he doesn't, and I think Eddie Hearn said this, there's a major problem. And I, I agree, I think AJ needs to get it done. Pressure's on, but look... Pressure creates diamonds. And let's hope AJ still got a bit of diamond left. All right, you listen to Final Extra on Talksport 2. Next up, we're going to get stuck into some MMA chat and chat about the return of the main man. Mystic Mac Conor McGregor is back. Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler will go head-to-head -head as the coaches of the Ultimate Fighter, Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. If there's one person on planet Earth that is going to annoy Chandler, that is going to get under his skin, that is going to poke the bear, that is Conor McGregor. Oh! 
to When you uh, time to find me, it's a celebration. You ring back home, you ring your wife. Baby, we done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. So don't say you would not take that fight because you would take that fight like everyone else up here would take the fight against me if it was offered. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth Faye Davis uh, as well. The big news, and I, I've always felt that the UFC needs to announce some big news because it's been struggling recently with the numbers. I mean, the numbers don't lie, as they say. The big news, though, is that Conor McGregor is back. I can't tell you the last time that I've watched The Ultimate Fighter, but I will be watching this one because he's been named as a coach alongside, or opposite, sorry, Michael Chandler. And they too will fight later on this year. Dana White couldn't confirm a date or location, but obviously they're going to get it on. That's what the coaches do. Um, your initial reaction about this one, Conor McGregor finally back and back on tough as well. The last time he was on tough, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. He's back again. Look, Series 31, I think it is. They needed this. I'd rather see McGregor's mm. comeback be with the unmissable TV for, for six weeks um, around a tough series and then him fighting obviously against Michael Chandler sometime I believe it'll be late uh, it might even be in the autumn you know yeah um, I'm thinking late September maybe yeah yeah but they, they think that they're planning it um I speaking to Adam Catterall about it on Saturday night on, on on fight night live on Saturday night and we were talking about it being he was mentioning he thinks it'll be Madison Square Garden late in the year if it is great if it isn't it doesn't matter because whenever he fights Chandler it's going to be unmissable the rubberneckers the mma diehards and but but the great thing about mcgregor he's he's unmissable tv he's going to cause so much drama with those so look i'm doing it now look he'll be walking around the tough the tough gym like this rolling his shoulders (laughs) puffing his chest out yeah growing his beard back smacking chandler around but it'll be verbally mentally physically it's going to be brilliant They've needed him back for a long time, like they needed John Jones to go up to heavyweight four years ago, Addy. Yeah, it, it seems like it's it's good, and I'm happy. I am very, very happy to see um, Connor back. But it feels like that, alongside John Jones, a lot. You know, we spoke about John a couple of weeks ago, and I'm hope I'm wrong because he's my favorite fighter of all time. But it feels like this is all like three, four years too late. Like Connor, like I think Michael Chandler's going to absolutely annihilate Connor McGregor. I really do. I feel like the rest of Chandler is just not going to be good for him. But I'm happy it's happening. But I feel like I wish it happened a couple of years ago. I feel like, like Connor's been a part-time MMA fighter for the last four years. Yeah. And I feel like to go in there against someone rough and ready like Michael Chandler, is a, it's a tough one. <laughs> like he must have asked for Tony Ferguson. He must have. And he's given him Chandler. It's not going to be easy. But well done to Chandler as well. He's been in this game a long, long time. And I'm happy that he gets, as Connor would say, he's red panty night. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid very, very well. Um, talking of greats, and like John Jones is a great, and look, Connor's a double champ, but you have to give him greatness as well. Fedor, Fedor, the last emperor, has finally called it quits. And you tweeted a fantastic photo. It really was. All the legends, all the legends that I've grown up watching, Pride, and some have jumped over to Strike Force and early days of UFC. To see that photo of all of them, I mean, that's the kind of thing that I think the UFC need to do that they don't do. And well done to Scott Coker in doing that photo because that was fantastic. Good to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to pull up the picture, actually, as we're talking. But Mark Coleman, the Shamrock. Oh, everyone. Um, Rampage. Couture, uh, Josh Barnett. Um, uh, so many guys. Chael Sonnen. So many. But a real mm. kind of um, real old The school. hardest of the hardest. Absolutely. And, and you know... I spent quite a lot of time around Fedor during... He is the greatest uh, heavyweight ever in mixed martial arts. Um, he's not the biggest man in the world. I've had some wonderful times with him. That's a debate there. That's another show for a little debate It is another there, show, I, but, but I do I'll think tell you, Verdum. I, I, I wrote, yes, all, all these guys, but I wrote probably nine articles about him in a, in a Fighters Only magazine special when I was consultant editor a few years back. And I'll tell you now, they say never meet your heroes. I spent so much time about him and I, I said a bit about this the other day on him on air. The most striking thing about Fedor Eddie, in the flesh, up close and personal, is the stillness in him. An unbelievable stillness in the quiet man. And it creates an aura around him. It's like an awareness. And it has an effect on you. He glides when he walks. His head's still. Everything's deliberate. Like the air doesn't move as he passes through it. Like the silent destruction 
of so many of his opponents. I've worked and interviewed with so many of the great heavyweights of the present and the past in, in like 30 years of doing this. And I have to confess that Emelianenko is like no other fighter I've ever come across. He is truly special. Thank you and good night, Mr. Emelianenko. Oh, fantastic. I, I almost feel sorry for the, the younger generation who didn't watch those days of pride. I mean, don't get me wrong, UFC has been fantastic and Strikeforce and Bellator and 1FC and et cetera, et cetera. But pride was just sensational. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. seeing all the guys, I was watching the old Rampage versus Vondelay fights. I mean, you can't get better than pride. It was that It was that special. So yeah, look, if, if you've not watched Fedor, just type in Fedor Pride and just treat yourself to some of the best fights you're ever going to see in mixed martial arts. One of those fights could be this weekend, and I'm upset. I'm upset a lot because the UFC, I think, are kings when it comes to promotion. I mean, they really do put money behind it, and it's fine. Where's the promotion for Volkanovski trying to go up from 145 to 155 and take on Makashev, and we've heard nothing? Pin drops, crickets. This is, this is happening this Saturday. Saturday, oh, sorry, early hours of Sunday morning, apologies, and no one's talking about it. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's something... I mean, there's an argument, isn't there, within the UFC, certainly from a lot of observers on the UFC, that he is arguably the pound-for-pound pound number one in, in, yeah. in the entire roster at the moment. And Is it uh, because you know, he's not sexy? Like, he doesn't, he's not a sexy pound-for-pound. Yeah. Pound. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, no, I think he's an Australian without Australian kind of like, you know, that kind doesn't of... Doesn't have that brashness. swag, does he? He's, an, he's, a, he's of, mm. what is he, of Russian heritage or... Yeah, um, and he's a very contained man. He's a brilliant fighter. I um, mean, he's not the most exciting fighter, but he's probably one of the most complete fighters you'll see. He's like a, he's like a, a, a prototype of the greatest kind of all-round skill set you could have if you wanted to create yourself into something. He's got it all: power, strength, chin, stamina. Has mastered every style. He's fought every style. But there's a. I don't want to say there's an X factor missing from him, but you know, um, I think the UFC... No, 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 there is. No, there is. You yeah, maybe there that. is. Yeah, there is. There, yeah. 100% is that X factor missing. And I feel like yeah. that's why Dane has not got... Re he's not really got behind him. He, he doesn't do big pay-per-view numbers. Yeah. He doesn't put bombs on seats. And I feel like the UFC have decided, yeah, let's not invest in this. Let's not invest in it. It's a shame because he might become... Look, Makachev's fantastic. But he might become double champ. Yeah. He, honestly, he might become... Again, an all-time great if he wins on Saturday, and they've decided to not really care about it. I almost feel like every time he's fought Max, Dana's secretly hoping that Max gets the job done, or Ortega gets the job done, or anyone gets a Korean zombie. And every time he beats them, Dana's like, God damn it. And now it's like, okay, give him Makashev. He ain't going to do that. If he does Makashev on the weekend, Dana's going to have a mini heart attack, I'm telling you. Honestly, I'm telling you. He might give up the, the, the slap league, which I hope he does if he wins on the weekend. All right, literally got a minute left. Adam Azim's fighting on the weekend. Uh, Talk Sport will be covering it. He takes on Santos Reyes. He's the next big thing. Uh, Boxer really putting the promotional sort of machine behind him, and rightly so. He's got a bit of everything, hasn't he? Seven fights, seven wins, six knockouts. He's flashy. He's good looking. He can skip rope better than any man can skip rope. He can do everything. Talk to me about him very quickly. Well, he's a 10-stone fighter. He's the 140-pound division, the, the, the weight division that Ricky Hatton was brilliant in uh, for so long, and, and Amir Khan as well. Um, Santos Arreyes de Managua, Nicaragua. And uh, he's 12-0. and 0. He's fought pretty much in Managua for his entire career. Um, it's, an, it's a good little test. It was not a full test from Adam Azim. We probably won't get that for another six months. But he's headlining. He, he carries the pressure very well. We're there live for TalkSport. Myself, Adam Catterall, hopefully, hopefully you'll pop in as well. Andy Clark, Spencer Oliver, giving it our best. Can't wait for Saturday night, Adi. Wait, 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 is it this Saturday? Can I get a ticket then? It's I ain't Saturday doing night. anything. Can I get a ticket? Of course you can. You can even cut. I'll even, when I do my ringside run around for an hour, I'll <laughs> even get you on and we'll have a little cuddle because yeah, I think I've upset you today. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. 
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 